Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Gladys. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing Corned Beef and Carnage, which is episode five <laughs> from season three and originally aired on the 2nd of November, 1985. So this episode was written by Robert Swanson. Oh. He's not the one that likes the gross thing. That's no, that's Tom Sawyer. Oh, Tom Sawyer. Mm. So Robert Swanson's written 25 episodes and I think we've only covered two so far by him, which are reflections of the mind and Mr. Penroy's vacation. Hmm. But there might be another one. I thought that was the ones we've covered. So Corned Beef and Carnage sees Jessica visiting her niece, Victoria Brandon Griffin, played by Jeannie Francis. Victoria is a rising executive in the ad game, and she works at, I think it's called like Kincaid Advertising or something, uh, owned by Larry Kincaid, played by Richard Klein, and Byron Kincaid, played by Bill Macy. And her co-worker is Aubrey Thornton, played by David Ogden Steers. They're trying to get the big... (laughs) corned beef castles account <laughs> which we'll talk about in a minute and <laughs> corned beef castles is a business run by grover barth played by ken swoford and his right wife polly barth played by Marsha wallace so larry's a creep and grover's a total creep oh, grover yeah. likes victoria and larry basically wants victoria to hook up with uh grover to get the account the only problem is of course that victoria is married to failed actor howard griffin played by jeff conaway let's say let's say struggling struggling struggling, struggling. <laughs> i have something i want to say when you're done with the intro it's, all right struggling <laughs> uh uh howard griffin so jessica's in town visiting and while she's there, Victoria's having a really tough time at work because she she likes seems to like the job, but she hates the politics of it. And she they're all worried she's going to have to put her body on the line, as one of them uh-uh. says, to hook up with Grover Barth. So she quits. Um, but then she goes back to the office to try to get her job back when she realizes that Howard hasn't gotten an acting gig he wants. And when she gets there, Larry Kincaid is dead. Is it it because she realizes he didn't get an acting gig or because she saw a bill? No, it's because he didn't get the acting gig. She got the voicemail. I thought she was also opening up an envelope that, and I thought she said something like, oh, another one. And then. Yeah, it could have been that too. I mean, basically she's single-handedly supporting the family. So there, there is a concern that she isn't without her having a job no one will support them and Aubrey did tell her to try to have something lined up before she moves on to somewhere else yeah um also in the mix is Leland Biddle of Biddle Advertising who is the um a competitor with Kincaid he's played by Peter Haskell and working for him is Christine Clifford played by Susan Anton who's basically running around trying to do sort of corporate espionage essentially love 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 <laughs> and also there is security guard Jim Ingram played by Warren Berlinger who you know there's a lot of stuff Victoria's basically arrested for murder by Lieutenant Spalletti played by James Sloyan who um then teams up with Jessica and they work together to prove that it was actually Aubrey Thornton that killed Larry Kincaid because Aubrey, Larry was hanging him out to dry and trying to get rid of him. 
and Aubrey got sick of being treated so badly um, by him. But a lot of ad game stuff. And I guess in the end, Victoria gets to keep her job. I can't really remember. Um, but she and Howard um, are fine and Jessica gets her man. So our fun facts for this episode are that Jeannie Francis and David Ogden Steers also starred in two miniseries together, North and South and North and South Book Two, which I believe are Civil War miniseries from the 80s. I think Patrick Swayze might be in one. Yeah, something like that. And then the second fact is the title refers to the traditional Irish meal of corned beef and cabbage, which is consumed on St. Patrick's Day that is more common in America than in uh, the Irish homeland. And then a third fun fact I've written down, which is that this is the second episode in a row that we've done with James Sloyan and Ken Swofford. Yeah. <laughs> Although now they've swapped roles sort of where one of them is the, was the cop last time and now the other one is the cop this time. Yeah. That other guy's a creep. Ken Swofford's yeah. thing is a creep. He's yeah, like, he's oh, really yeah. bad in this episode. It's Do naughty. Really- and James Sloyan is once again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but once again, a total delight. It just oh, is amazing. wonderful. <laughs> Want to see the sign-up sheet? Let's see the sign-up sheet. Oh. Like, he's just funny. He's just like so frazzled. I just love him. I love him so much. Yeah, he was fantastic. He has this exchange with Jessica that's so, I mean, I don't know if I should save it for favorite lines or, I mean, it's so good. But what I wanted to say earlier was Susanna's blaming this on the random number generator, but I was shocked that she picked this episode because she does not care for this niece and her husband at all. Correct. I I don't, (laughs) I don't mind them as individual people. I think them together is, I don't, it's just a dynamic I don't really enjoy, but I like this episode. It's a, it's a real Bruce Lansbury elements in here that <laughs> yeah for me, but like Bruce to like an extreme level. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean it's at the end, but the scene where they're making out and like all over each other, and Jessica standing right there, I'm like that is so gross and rude. It's rude. Sorry yeah. if anyone here's done it but <laughs> you make out I in front mean, of your aunt like yeah, that yeah i find no. it rude <laughs> what did she say when they're walking out or when they're like going into the other room like i guess i'll have dinner by myself or something along those lines and you're like poor jessica she i know but i'd away. rather have dinner and alone than- and olive oh yeah and they got their own pizza and it was still like 16 dollars that pizza was so expensive. Sixteen dollars <laughs> for a pizza is a lot of money. That's and wrong. That's like a large today, like that large was tiny. Yeah, it was. Well, also, it's like I feel like you can get a pizza for like like a decent pizza for like oh, what like ten bucks. Like I, I've just that was insane to me. But I guess it was delivered. I don't know how to say this, but he kept they he got the corned beef sandwich. And it's like, I guess like corned beef, that's a choice. But like literally all that was in it was corned beef and like bread. Yeah, that's the best way to have it. Is that, (laughs) that wasn't even like a sauce or anything. I was like, there's just nothing. I think you get mustard, don't you? Is it Reuben? That's pastrami. Yeah. 
there yeah. on St. Patty's Day, we went to um, a bar that no longer exists in West Portal in San Francisco called Portals, and they had like a whole tray of corned beef sandwiches that were just corned beef with like mayo and mustard, and they were the best things I've ever had. I was like, were they good? Oh my god, I was like shoveling them in my face. Yeah. But that's a, like a lot of meat for like no vegetable. Like oh, where's yeah, the there was no? Yeah. I mean, in like high school, I think <laughs> I I had regularly a smoked salmon sandwich on sourdough which is smoked salmon and butter <laughs> yeah, I mean, is mayo a vegetable because then yeah i did have <laughs> i mean i'm not saying i've never had like just a meat sandwich but it's hold on glennis can you explain the sandwich again i i got stuck and i'm just like so slabs of smoked salmon like a lot yeah um, okay and butter and then sourdough Sounds really huh. good. I feel like it's really good. So it's very much know. like how they make the tea sandwiches where it's, they're just. Yeah, it was like the, the tea sandwiches, sandwiches times a hundred. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you're right, Susanna. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of in like the thing with the Reuben because it has sauerkraut on it, mm -hmm. which feels <laughs> like I'm adding some sort of digestive enzyme to my body to like get through the quarter pound of pastrami that I'm about to inhale. Right, right. Because if all you're having is what white bread and meat, how's that? How's that pushing through? Like, I guess is what I'm trying you're to like, say. I've like, you in the food pyramid, it goes <laughs> mayo, <laughs> sauerkraut, bread, and pastrami. Like, and I corned beef. Yeah. And <laughs> I said that once, and someone was like, they don't use the pyramid anymore. Right. And I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I, back in the late 1900s, they <laughs> did use the pyramid. Yeah. Like, it's well, great like, school. The, the pyramid is, it's like, so much bread down yeah. at the bottom. No, that's true. Too I thought many it was vegetables at the bottom. I think isn't it fruit and veg at the bottom? I thought it started oh. with bread at the bottom and like vegetables <laughs> and fruit so were one set up. It was like one giant French loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, right? Wasn't that right? <laughs> and then butter next. <laughs> we now have to look. And then smoked salmon. And then. And <laughs> And then a grape at the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bread at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> two eleven servings. Vegetable eleven group servings. Vegetable group three to five. Fruit two to four servings. Milk and dairy two to three. Meat two to three. Whoa. Yeah, bread is at the bottom. Six yeah. to eleven servings. Do they mean bread and grains or are they yeah, just saying it's just like bread straight up and pasta bread. and potatoes? But it means yeah. still. Well, there's like grains that are like, you know, like oatmeal. Like right. Like stuff where it's like oats and things where it's like. I mean, in this image, I'm going to send it to you. It, no, it's, it's wild. wild. Bread. <laughs> so bread. bread. Like also, like, oh my God, that is so mad. Like you shouldn't. Oh, and then this that, one. Is even worse. It sh like shows like pretzels, bread, croissants. How many croissants am I allowed to have? One croissant, <laughs> two rolls, a loaf of bread. Palette balance your diet. <laughs> I love it. I was all about that. I mean, I was like, yeah. Well, you know how they say like five a day. Is that what it is in the states as well when they talk about your five so. a day? Yeah. yeah. 
because I heard that that was like they just tell you whatever they think you'll do. So in like other countries, <laughs> it's more than that. <laughs> they will tell you to have more than that fruit and vegetable wise. It's just because <laughs> for Britain and the U.S., they're like, listen, that max they're going to be able to manage is five. <laughs> like, and a part of a pickle on a sandwich counts. That is a that is one of your five a day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I was like never had ha- really had corned beef before that magical moment at Portals, and then I was like couldn't eat them fast enough but yeah I did love that they were like that and that they'd done that there was no background done to know that they were on the brink of chapter 11 and had just filed one that they were putting in 50 million dollars in advertising that's Mm. insane yeah that part was nuts yeah, the numbers in the episode were a little wild the 60 dollar pizza I couldn't get over only because it just feels like that's not much less than what we pay now no it's true and it seemed like smaller than what we would get now yeah are are they in they're in new york right yeah still are they in la no no they're in new york i think freya lives in new york eventually she right she does move to la doesn't she i like that as a real estate agent oh she's in another episode she's in in three more yeah the husband's still with her yeah he is? He's in all three? Yeah. No, no. He, well, he is, but he's played by somebody different in the last episode. In the real estate one? Oh, yeah, it's not Jeff Conway. I wonder if that's when he was doing like Babylon 5 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I just was laughing at like, I mean, this is going to be mean, but like, what a sad sack he is. He's like giving her a hard time for missing out on dinner. And she's like, e-, he's like, Aunt Jessica's here. <laughs> you should like, not your aunt and like not but this all. is what's so funny about their relationship is like he, this was true even in the one where he gets the role in the play where it's like he oh where he's doing drag performances oh, yeah, like that that? In San Francisco, yeah and oh. um he he like just loves jessica like he yeah, just yeah. thinks jessica but also it's like i kind of feel sorry for jessica because it's like she's come to visit her niece mm-hmm. and yet she's having to spend all this time with her nephew-in-law who spends the whole time like just like going on about his sad stuff and he thinks that she's pulling away from him and it's like that is some heavy duty stuff that you're laying at the feet of your your wife's aunt right and they're just sitting in central park like they're eating hot dogs and drinking soda which i was like that looks really fun but it, he is sweet to her he is nice to her but then when he's like i just like i feel like i'm losing her just was like yeah i mean probably yeah. probably you are <laughs> if it feels like you are then yeah then yeah he's kind of a rough character because she's so like hold together and he's just kind of you know I mean he's struggling there's so much I know well I think the sad thing is you're and it's not like I guess you're supposed to think like it's not like he's not trying you know he's obviously out there doing auditions and stuff like that but it's one of those things where when you see her working so hard Mm -hmm. and he's sort of not bringing in any money into the you know and it's like but it's but it's also nice too because it's like she doesn't uh, he is trying 
And I don't think he makes, and she wants to support him and she wants him to sort of pursue this. And I think she does like her job and she is good at it, but it's just adding pressure to her that maybe she doesn't need. And I could imagine for Jessica, as this is her niece, like watching that must be kind of a difficult kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it it's a rougher watch. But let's talk about someone that is very successful and amazing with um and now I'm blanking on her name. Susan her real Anton. life name is Christine. Susan oh, Anton. God. Oh my god. Crush of the week. I know her real life name, but I just going her is it Christine Biddle? Wait, what Christine is Clifford. So she works for Biddle. Biddle. Honestly, Megan made me laugh out loud last night. We were watching this. And when Susan Anton comes in, Megan is like saying like that she was the producer on the episode. She's like, get me the sexiest woman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like, get me the most beautiful, tallest, blondest lady ever. And we're going to cue sexy music yes. every time she steps onto the scene did they use a sax like a sax I feel like it was yeah. so loud it's like she opens the door and it's like boop, boop. it's like um <laughs> it's like uh the the kelly lebrock reveal in weird science yes it's oh my god and that whole scene <laughs> when she's talking to biddle at the head biddle guy and She's like, did I hear you say vice president? He's like, yeah. And she's like, to the corner office. I was like, you go, girl. Yeah, but I When you said that Blanche on Golden Girls references her all the time, I realized, yes, I just never knew what that woman looked like. (laughs) It's so funny because Blanche is either always saying that they're like the same age or that they're (laughs) mistakes for each other. Yeah, that you confuse her for Miss Susan Anton. Yeah. I mean, and they have her, she's really tall, I think, but they have her in, you know, her like sexy business suit, but they have her sitting on a sofa when she's talking to Larry Kincaid that's like very short sofa. So it's just like panning up her legs. Yeah. (laughs) I like... When, so when she appeared, like Megan said that movie, and then she's like, just wait till they get the business card out. Oh, Honestly, yeah. I hope that I can was. capture it. What I'd like to do is have us all have business cards made, but with <gasps> Susan Anton's glamour shot. <laughs> Her hair was so feathered and blown out, and it looked like she was like lying on her stomach. Her, her arm, forearm down, <laughs> other arm against her cheek, like and also wind oh it was so every scene she was in I was I didn't like when her boss kind of like ditched her and then she might be in trouble but every other scene I was like I want like every episode for her to be in (laughs) well she just comes in and she's like she's the ad exec that knows how to play the game right so Victoria's sort of the young inexperienced like but how well I guess we'll come out and agent yeah she is young and like also it's like she sort of has ideals still about like what this is all gonna be like and she works for these like horrible Mm -hmm. men oh I forgot to mention that um uh Larry Kincaid's brother Byron isn't really he wasn't bad was he I guess he was just sort of like concerned about the financial failings yeah, he wasn't in it very much so no. it was 
I feel like I didn't really get to know him very well. And even Aubrey, I was like, okay, I kind of got to know him, but not mm. a ton. I mean, I guess I was just too blinded by Susan Anton. So I was like, it's hard for me to remember anything but her in this episode. Like, I forgot that her niece is in this. I forgot literally everything about it except for her. <laughs> right. She walks in and you're like, what's this episode about? <laughs> no, it's about Christine Clifford, <laughs> lady about town, and game exec. She's making deals. She's breaking deals. <laughs> Stealing files. Stealing hearts. Yeah. Like, I remember this episode. I remember her in it, obviously, but I did not remember, like, any other person in the episode. <laughs> You only have eyes for Susan Anton. It's so true. I, See, I did remember, like, obviously we've seen him now in an egg to die for, but like, obviously, and I'd said in that episode, like, I'm a Cogsworth girl. Like, you know, I got a ha- hashtag Cogsworth girl. As soon as David Ockenstein walked in, I was like, hello. I remembered it from this episode. It was all I remembered about it actually was that he was in it. But he looks so young in this episode compared to like, not that he looks so terrible later, but it's just like, I guess, cause this is season three and that was like season maybe nine, like quite like a few years later. It's like, he just looks so young here. Mm-hmm. Like, where, where was MASH in this? Did that finish in 88, like early eighties? I did it make it to the eighties. Yeah, it did. Cause he was in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the way sometimes with murder, she wrote, they like have established actors come on, but they don't have a larger role. And I know like part of that was like Jessica making sure that they had like the work, you know, to ensure that they could continue their insurance. But if he had done MASH, I just was surprising to me how it all shook out because Mm. he just seemed slightly minor. So MASH ended in 1983 and Murder, She Wrote started in 1984, which is, I feel like, why you get a lot of, like, these people, a lot of MASH alums. Because it really is, like, so, so many. Yeah, but it's so, it's just interesting to me that, like, someone who's very established is kind Mm -hmm. of treated like a, I mean, the role fits maybe someone who's more up and coming, I think is sometimes the disconnect. And I don't think that's why I even considered him because I don't remember how, I didn't remember how this shook out. It's hard because I feel like, I don't know, even if you were on a hit series, it was then, and it's still hard today for some people to find other stuff. 100%, yeah. And you know, what's so weird is I don't even remember him on that show. And I've seen, I like, when we watch an A to die for, no one was more surprised than me with looking at the IMDB page that David Ogden Stairs was in MASH. Like I genuinely had no recollection of that. I'm, that not, that I'm not a MASH expert, but I do think he was a later addition. He was. was a, okay. Yeah, I think he, I think it was the same time when they replaced Trapper John. Or something like there was a switch that happened. I think was he like a Broadway guy or something? David Ogden Steers. He is did that... a lot of voice work. Okay, like he's in a movie. Oh, God, I gotta find it. Hoodwink. <laughs> Do you guys remember that cartoon? Yeah, but is mid- that what you're thinking of? Uh huh. Okay. From the mid 2000s. Okay. Where um, Anne Hathaway is Little Red Riding Hood. Yes, I, oh, I remember it. Yeah, 
It's hard to remember him as well without those owl glasses. Speaking of memory lane, mm. the corned beef castle wife was the drama teacher in Teen Witch. Yeah. And she, I'm sure she was in the Bob Newhart show or something, wasn't she? As like his secretary. But do I remember her from that? No. Do I remember her from Teen Witch? Absolutely. <laughs> She's also Mrs. Crabapple. Yeah. She runs off with the hunky uh, Italian at the end. Oh, yeah. Because um, the girl makes her wish come true, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh, what's, her, what's her name? Oh, I don't remember. Oh God, Glennis yet Louise. Louise. Oh, the main girl, yeah, yeah. Louise. Louise. <laughs> um, You're a dog, Louise. You're a dog. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, top that. Right. Yeah, yeah. It all comes back to topping that. Also, actually, I top feel that. like this was a shout out to you. There was another Chateaubriand reference. In the Wait, was it? Oh yes, ew, yes. in the worst way possible. Yes, in the work. And yeah, I caught that and then I was like, I can't look at this guy. He's so gross. Yeah, he and he like so the character, gross. not Ken Swoford, obviously. No, no. And then we when we need that, right? The guy's trying to get her to hook up with him, and he's like, he better come in tomorrow with a big smile on his face. It's like, ew. Yeah, that was truly upsetting. Also, like we've already seen Ken Swoford be super gross on the show. Mm-hmm. When he cuts his hand and Joshua Peabody died here possibly. Mm-hmm. And Jessica has to bandage his wound mm-hmm. with just her bare naked hands. It's like that that was gross, but this was grosser. Yeah, was he was really gross. gross. And he oh he's Ugh. although the wife was very funny. And I said she was a fashion icon in that teal dress with the first doll. I marked that as well as something that I very much liked. <laughs> but yeah, he Ugh, yuck. Yuck. I enjoyed when they when Biddle advertising brings in Howard to do the funeral ad. <laughs> and it's like Aww. First of all, I love that they're going to make him do a funeral ad. It was quite intense. And then they're viewing it in a like theater sort of style viewing room that just has like pink and purple drapes, Ugh. like, like almost like tie dyed, like hanging from the wall. <laughs> this is such a specific thing. And it just suited Susan Anton. Like it yeah. felt like this is the inside of her home. Like a Christine like, Clifford production. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did write down when she's interviewing with Larry Kincaid and she she says, I'm a very excitable woman. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so naughty. Episode beats. I sure. Love yeah, let's yeah. do it. Thunder when- weather, no. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I'm so sorry. I totally interrupted you. I was just saying, I'm waiting for my my line. I can't wait to use. Okay, okay. Someone take it from her quick. You better not. I better get to go first. No, no, no. (laughs) Wait, I'm so curious. Yeah. Uh, Secret dress closet hiding, no. Poisoning or bludgeoning. We had a bludgeoning with a trophy or he was brained, as Spalletti says, which is upsetting. Thank so That's oh, a gosh. rough, rough description. Um, phone wire cut. No, she's shaking. No, window peep. 
you know, we we didn't really have a window peep, but we sure had a lot of doorway sliding peeps because yes. those sliding doors and that advertising agency is pretty, yeah. pretty special. Yeah. So fake name ID, Mary Jones, the redecorator was actually Christine Clifford, undercover. <laughs> Corporate <laughs> espionage, guys. <laughs> I feel like corporate espionage. <laughs> And Aubrey as the delivery guy. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. That disguise. And how many times Jessica says the word sandwich, like in the sandwich delivery, she talks about it forever. <laughs> and yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt the beats, but like this thing where she's trying to, I mean, she ends up like solving the case this way, but they, like a quarter of the episode is, tra- is like devoted to the sandwich and like, who delivered the sandwich i have underlined why was the sandwich uneaten so this is like her sherlock holmes why the dog didn't bark in the nighttime right Mm -hmm. like that whole thing of like oh it doesn't bark because it knows the owner why was the sandwich uneaten if it had been delivered 15 minutes before why had he not eaten the sandwich? So there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like the word sandwich was used quite a bit. Yep. The fuzz cop quirk. Spalletti and I wrote, he's sassy as heck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is. I really liked him. Uh, cop chemistry? I couldn't decide, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I-, I agree. I agree. Like, is it going to be a serious thing? No. But we'll you know. probably go get Chateaubriand together. <laughs> I feel I feel like they were really chummy by the end. Like they were practically sitting on each other's laps when Cle- Christine Clifford was in the <laughs> <laughs> office. Um, businessy business ad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, age ain't nothing but a number. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. So. There's a couple of interesting ones here. So Aubrey was 44. uh, Grover Barth was 53. And his wife, Polly Barth, was 44. Lieutenant Spalletti was 46. Wait, how old was Mr. Barth? 53. Um, The security guard was 49. Leland Biddle was 52. Christine Clifford, 36. (laughs) 36 and ready to party. Yeah. Byron Kincaid and Larry Kincaid. This is interesting. Byron, the elder brother was 64. Larry, the younger brother was 42. Wait, the older brother was 64? I thought it was Myron. Yeah, I actually thought it was Myron too. Oh, was it Myron? I might have missed it. Oh no, but that that might be what IMDb says that it's. No, in that case, it's probably wrong. And then we have uh, the Griffins. So Victoria was 24 in this episode and Howard was 36. Oh, boy. <laughs> sort of changes the dynamic a little it bit. Really Howdy. Are uh, we allowed to say failed yet? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize. I, I didn't I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Pursue your dreams. Like I'm not saying no, but it, yeah. We'll leave it there. Jonathan scale. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Who do you think we've got here? Do you think it's. I think it's Howard. Howard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
Also, her boss is so complaining and pretty yeah. useless. Yeah. He's like a, an older Jonathan. I guess I just think I just Howard because he's kind of like a loser. Yeah. Makes me think of him more as a Jonathan. Like, I think Linus and I have um, disagreements about this because when I, like, if it, if he's rich or has a job, I'm like, he's not really a Jonathan. Then. <laughs> like, but, and but, just think of someone who's annoying right, and, right. Bad, and bad at their job. Yeah. Well, because it's got to be someone that doesn't have any kind of real like ambition. And I feel like if someone is good at their job, if, even if it, the job isn't something like, you know, they're not like a chief exec, but if they're doing something that they're capable at, that yeah. automatically does not make them a Jonathan because Jonathan would never have a job, have at that point together. Or just be like, but you're right, like really annoying and complaining and like can't really get it together. I think the one element for me about a Jonathan is they don't take responsibility for things. Mm. No. And I feel like Howard was trying, but I do think he's particularly whiny. So I want, I think that's a trait as well in a Jonathan, but I felt like he was a bit lower on the scale because I thought he was trying. Yeah, he was. And also it's like, he said something which annoyed me about the fact that like he didn't feel great about the fact that his wife was like the primary breadwinner. Like there was some sort of mention of a little bit of that kind of thing. And you're like, like the fact that he would even say anything when his wife is like single-handedly supporting right. him, that it would like have any kind of impact on his masculinity or yeah. perceived masculinity. It's like, I get it was a different time. I get it's the eighties. Like that kind of thinking was probably pretty prevalent, but it's like, it's just like, why, why? Yeah. yeah, And especially if their ages are, I mean, they're not, I don't think, but if no. they were the ages that they actually are, it's like, yeah, your 24 year old wife is like making money so you can run around town, like not getting acting jobs. Yeah. But, but Ashley, you're right. I think he is trying to be like all the things he's supposed to be like grateful, like trying hard, like not like, and also trying not to go down that well of being so guilt-ridden about something that you're actually making it all worse because like, yes, you know, yes. that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I think he's on the scale. I won't argue with that, but I do think there's like, it's not as bad because he is trying Yeah, and she clearly loves him. Yeah. And he's offering her something that she like, he is married. He's successfully having this relationship, even That's if true. he, yeah. Like, and also the fact that he was like, what are these days her boss is going to ask her to put her body on the line like, for Oof. advertising? Is that like, I mean, I guess so, but it it's happened like, in Mad Men. Yeah. No, I guess maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just, I don't know. That was a documentary, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100% accurate. God, you know what? When else that happened was the Queen's Gambit. Wait, mm. you don't know. You never saw it. Don Stroud had to put his body on the line. <laughs> he really did. He did, you know. One what? of these days we'll all actually watch it. Yeah, like <laughs> really? No, maybe not. I'll never no, see it. Said it's really good. Maybe one I'm of sure us. I'm sure it's terrific. I'm too busy with your K-drama. my K dramas. I can't be adding more stuff it. into it. Yeah, it. I'm a. I'm a searching for Bobby Fisher chess person. So, was he a child prodigy? 
Yeah, and it's not even about Bobby Fischer. It's, <laughs> it's about fathers and sons, Megan, and it's also meant to be like one of the best movies ever made. Is it? Haven't seen it since it came out, but I enjoyed it when I saw it. Great. I've never seen it. I think 95, 96. <laughs> Great. I've never That's- seen it. Me neither. <laughs> it's, just, it's actually a prequel to the queen's gambit no so it's no. like you know the sequence where don Strauss doing like the workout bits <laughs> that's what that's what searching for bobby fisher is about i'm sorry it's 93 <laughs> and it's got larry fishburne in it and Love joe him. montagna right joe montagna and a ben kingsley Ooh, I love out of Ben Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise you one Ben Kingsley. <laughs> and that's what he say. It's a sir to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um okay, uh petite feet, no. Although we did have a flashback, but we never saw no feet, Aubrey, because he's too tall. Oh, right. And it yeah, and it it was like from Larry's. I mean, I can't believe the security guard did not recognize him as the delivery man. If a like six foot five delivery man showed up in that ensemble, you would think it would kind of. Right. But I like, I love the twist that they caught Aubrey, not because the security guard recognized him, but mm-hmm. because he recognized the security guard. Yeah, that was, that was good. good. Um, smooches howard and victoria and i wrote makes jb uncomfortable and me it's gross i told you this before when we were talking about them that they do this horrible makeout thing okay familial ties niece victoria um eyes closed head head shake i I said jb was mad i don't know if she was like disappointed um but it's sort of sad because it's it is victoria's friend and someone that was yeah, like and she defended him when the guy was like you know they yeah. need to go um okay segments fave outfit worst outfit megan thoughts? um obviously, obviously christine clifford's um outfit with the purple 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 like kind of see-through top underneath when she goes to meet with larry Oh, but I did really like, wait, sorry, what were the corned beef people? Barth? Yeah, Polly Barth. I liked her. I did like her blue dress with the fur. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I guess I didn't really write down a bad one. Um, okay. Ashley, what about you? Um, I would say I had the purple suit with the, what I thought was like a negligee or something underneath um but I also liked the plaid duster on Jessica with the rose quartz necklace Mm. I think yeah that one and then worst outfit would just be Ken Swoford's character okay yep um Glynis what about you um purple dress outfit thing whatever blue dress with the first stole loved it um and i did love david ogden bow tie game <laughs> the man can wear a bow tie he can't i didn't have a worst outfit i um my fave outfit was jessica was wearing a blue skirt suit in one scene that i thought looked really really beautiful um worst outfit you know it's, i i hate to be 
nitpicky, but Victoria's half ponytail where that sort of was poofed up on either <laughs> side of the part. I really didn't like it. And yeah. Anyways, biggest hunk. Ashley. I'm looking at the cast list now. There's um, only one answer. I know. I was going to say there's only Is one there? correct response. Yeah. Yes. Now you're going to say you're going to say something mean. You're going to say like the car. Wallace. No. Okay, no, I'm going to go with Susan Anton, obviously. Okay. Just wanted to make Megan sweat a little bit. I was a little nervous. A little ragey. Okay. Megan, what about you? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I'll pick, just kidding. I'm picking Susan Anton. <laughs> Glennis, what about you? Um, also Susan Anton. But I do want to give honorable mention to Howard. If he wasn't such a Jonathan, he is very handsome. Yeah, he Agree. Is. Yeah, back in the day, that would have been my choice. Um, but- I think this episode does have a lot of hunks because yeah, Susan Anton obviously looks great. Um, Jeannie Francis, super mm-hmm. cute. Jeff Conway, totally handsome. Obviously, Cogsworth, you know, oh, young, yeah. young Cogsworth, <laughs> you know, young Cogsworth. around <laughs> with that bow tie. But actually, funnily enough, I <laughs> I like Stiletti. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I mean, <laughs> the cop i feel like i have a weird very specific type and i'm not sure he just slotted right into that type which <laughs> like it seemed like he'd be fun we're all like susan anton and susanna's like well 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 yeah. <laughs> i'm not surprised to hear that i'm not <laughs> no <laughs> no i've got some self-reflection to do i'm kidding i think he's handsome so I'm not I do. Be. yeah he's great um jb burns megan do you want to go first because you yes, have the line i you... want to go first wait okay. let me just say this one thing no. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't want to steal all the good lines but i had the part i really really liked but i have some others but the police like um susan and christine clifford's just been in there and then she they take her away and he says, why do I always think gorgeous blondes are lying to me? And Jessica says, adolescent trauma. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. That's a good one. It's such a good line. And it also feels like they're going to dinner after this. Uh, do you know uh, what so, I mean? Like, 100%. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, 100%. Because he's in so much of the episode. Like, I feel yes. like the last few, the cops have sort of dabbled in now and again, but he's in like almost all of it. Anyways, uh, all right, Ashley, what about you? I love when Jessica does this to the detectives and she goes, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said that straight up to Spalletti. She's like, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Um, and the other one was just Marsha Wallace's character saying that talking business makes her nose runny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like that weird uh Glennis, what about you uh I didn't write any down aside from those ones so those so Susan Anton has a line that I don't think I've ever heard this expression before but she says I hate to short stroke this okay I did I was gonna bring this up <laughs> I believe it's a golf term 
Yeah. Oh, I thought yes. it was a sexy term. I, and I was like, I thought it was a sex term. And that's why I didn't mention it. I just decided this like 20 seconds ago. That makes total sense that it's golf. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense now that you say it, but uh, Susan Anton saying it was quite sexy. So I yeah. Well, duh, she's trying. I mean, the other one was when Jessica says some someone's like left swinging in the wind, and I thought that doesn't sound right to me. It did. It didn't. And Spalletti goes, "Don't leave me swinging in the wind." <laughs> All right. <laughs> This episode got gross. <laughs> I did laugh. I mean, like everyone's talking. I laughed at the security guard when she tracks him down. And he's like, oh, yeah, the interior decorator. She's a real looker, tall, blonde, legs up to to here. Yeah, to his nose. Yeah, well. If the shoe fits, I mean, you wear it. I feel like that's what they, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and Larry says a mean thing to oh my gosh Jeannie Francis's character he's like you're a smart girl Victoria but an advertising genius genius you're not rude yeah okay guys so we've had our hunks but who's your fave guest star Megan oh let me think just a second Susan Anton <laughs> <laughs> actually <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say james sloyan sloyan okay. and jeff conway i like i like I, I, I rooted for jeff conway for a while and yeah that's it that's all i got okay glennis what about you fave guest star this is anton okay <laughs> thank I you David Ogden steers oh here we go <laughs> oh, no. well duh didn't think he was good at the end and stuff. I thought he did a good job, but anyways. Real Cogsworth. <laughs> um, Glennis's guest. You guessed up the brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myron or Byron, depending on who you're doing. That one was tough. That was a tough decision making. There were a lot of characters in this one. Yeah. Like, you know. I thought it could have been, I mean, like we've got these, it could have been anyone, but like, I felt like every single one had a motive. Yeah. I, I kind of think it did a good job of like keeping you guessing on who it was. Yeah. Yeah. I and did if it too. had turned out to be like Biddles at the end, I would have been like, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Okay. We've come to the moment where we have to guess now what Glennis put. Now, I have no idea. Ashley, Megan, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think Glennis gave it a six. Okay, Ashley, five. I mean, I might go with Ashley. I'm going to say five. Bing, 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 five. What was your favorite moment, Glennis? Probably when uh, Susan Anton came out the first time and they was like, beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you wish that the whole episode was just centered around Susan Anton's character? Megan yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Although I think she's in one of the bookend episodes, the one with um, Ken Howard, where he has a dog. To, uh, Jack and Bill. Yeah. I think she's in that one. Is she? Uh-huh. Oh, we should watch that one. Yeah, we should. We wait. What? Wait, were you asking me? Faith moment. 
overall yeah, ranking. Yeah, moment. <laughs> Either that dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Either that dinner scene with Biddle or when she goes in to meet Larry Kincaid. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give this it's hard I'm gonna I'll give it an eight I love it but yeah the the niece and her husband stuff is like not my favorite and the really naughty he's more than naughty he's a sexual predator the the corned beef guy I, that that's pretty off-putting yeah yeah it is Ashley what about you a fave moments were anything with Spalletti I think that yeah um and Overall ranking, I did enjoy this episode. I like the twists and the turns. I'd say a seven, only because this, the, Megan? (laughs) 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 Only because the Jeannie Francis, like sexual harassment stuff was just kind of a downer. And that excessive makeout scene was too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this episode loses points for that. It gains some of them back with Christine Clifford, well, Cogsworth, Cogsworth, uh, James Sloyan, and Christine Clifford's business card. You know, they those oh. add points right back on. But I'm also going to give it a seven because I do like this one, and there's a lot of elements of it I really like. I love the that they do a pitch at the beginning. I think mm-hmm. that's very funny and. Yeah, I mean, I guess my favorite moment is the bit with where they're talking to the, yeah, what you said, Ashley, all the bits with the with Spalletti, just because the back and forth is quite fun and it's just okay. really fun. Um, so yeah, does anybody else have anything they want to add before we close out? Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we hope you listen again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.